With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Recording live from Jake's Sports and Spirits in the historic Rhino District of Denver, Colorado, it's the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. Now, here is your host, Adam Mates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, a brand new podcast presented by Denver Stiffs. I am your host, Adam Mates, and I'm joined by an all-star cast of Denver's brightest minds and Nuggets fans. Seated to my right, you'll know him on Twitter as Mark Cool. Um, it is Mark Columbus? Coolum. I was oh, so Oh, that's close. actually his name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spelled my name phonetically on Twitter so that people could remember it and then called myself Gravy Boat, so now no one knows who I am. Uh, well, well, this is embarrassing for me not to pick up on that. That's okay. Cool. Um, yeah, cool, no. Um, yeah, uh, that makes sense. First, first things first, I literally i am required by law to do this. I am employed by KSE. I am tangentially employed by the Nuggets, so let that I'm, – I'm here as a civilian. <laughs> uh, I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm a, uh, maybe a Warriors fan in, in after hours. So that is why I'm here. Any opinions I have are just the opinions of Mark Coolum Enterprises and not those of KSC Ventures, the Denver Nuggets, or anyone else who may want to fire me. Anybody that listens to you for like two minutes will realize you don't speak for the Nuggets. So <laughs> just, just I, I have Oh, to. man. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots See, fired already. Uh, this is what I, I just am here as a civilian <laughs> to talk about how excited I'm about basketball. Right. Uh, seated across from me, the workhorse and heart and mind and body of Denver Stiffs, it's Zach Mikesh. Thank you, Adam. I'm uh, happy to be here. I am. Uh, I need to look into spelling my name phonetically on Twitter, too. That might help me out with some of the followers. Yours is I never pretty even phonetic, thought about that. though. I guess you could say Mikesh. I get a lot of Mikesh. Yeah, I can see that. So. Actually, now that you bring it up, there's a lot of different pronunciations. It's true, so... Uh, you're also a brand new father for the second time, and congrats on that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we had our second daughter uh, Thursday, and she's doing good, doing healthy. Mom's doing good, doing healthy. So, can you tell she's a Nuggets fan yet? She's definitely a Nuggets fan. Okay, that's yeah. great. It's good time she to be a have a choice fan. in that. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> seated to my left, one of my favorite Nuggets bloggers on the web, Mr. Harrison Wind. What's up, man? Uh, good to be here. This is my second podcast of the day, so hopefully, I make it through it. <laughs> He's all over the interwebs. Um, we are recording live from Jake's Sports and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. They are our sponsor, and they are a terrific bar and grill. Uh, they've got every single sporting event you could hope for, the full MLB package, the NFL ticket, NBA package, hockey if that's your thing. They probably have soccer, I don't know. They also have great specials every night of the week, so come check it out. Jake's Sports and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. So, guys, let's hop right into it. What a big week. For the Nuggets, for the NBA, it's kind of funny because what are the NBA Finals? They ended like eight days ago, seven days ago, mm-hmm. and I feel like I haven't caught my breath yet. There's been so much going on. Um, I love the NBA. Let's start first with the with the Nuggets draft. That was a week ago. Some interesting things happened, some interesting picks. Uh, just going around the table, we'll start with you, Harrison. What, what grade would you give the Nuggets for their draft? Oh, I'd give them an A pretty easily. I mean, they took three guys at the three spots where they – we're drafting at. They didn't panic and jump up for somebody. They let Jamal Murray fall to them. Right. They got Juan Aaron Gomez, who is a guy who I've been talking to a lot of guys who cover the draft way more in depth than I do. And right. they're all saying he's like a top 10 guy on all their boards. 
and the Nuggets were obviously really high on him. And then Beasley, another guy who might have been a lottery pick without the injury. So I think this was another great draft for the Nuggets front office. And it's just pretty impressive what they've done in the draft since this regime has been here, I think. Yeah, and, and Wancho is an interesting one because I, I didn't know anything about him. I've seen the videos, and it's so hard to gather anything from a video. But we only have to wait, what? Let's see, it's Wednesday. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We only have to wait three days to see him play because he'll be in summer league on Friday. And so I'll get to finally form an opinion about him. Uh, Zach, to you, last year Moutier fell to number seven, and it was like the obvious pick. When, when all the guys were off the board that were ahead, it was like, oh, great, we got Moutier before we even knew. This year was the same thing. Um, did the Nuggets luck into that, or do you think they had they kind of knew what was going on all along? Well, well, you know, if you listen to what Tim Connolly said, he certainly um, certainly believed that they knew that Murray was going to fall after, kind of he said, I think maybe after the third or fourth pick went through, they, they knew where everybody was going to be. But I thought, man, I was surprised because I thought there was no way you would get Jamal Murray past Minnesota. Right. It just seemed to be such a good fit for that team. And it was kind of, you know, with Rubio, Ricky Rubio in place, them taking Chris Dunn was, was a bit of a shocker. So, yeah, it's uh, I was shocked to see him still there. And, I mean, yeah, and then he's the obvious pick, no doubt. I wonder if they would have – Chris Dunn is such a Tibbs guy. So I wonder if that was a Tibbs pick and if maybe they had Mitchell or something, they would have gone with Murray. And then I don't know what Denver would have done with Dunn. They probably would have been in a tight spot. but They could have been, but, you know, Rubio kind of seems like a Tibbs guy too, doesn't he? I mean, he's a, he's a defense-first sort of point guard. I don't think he's super durable, though. That's true. I, I think that, of Dunn. that means he's a Tibbs guy. <laughs> I think of <laughs> as long as he's have to play forty nine minutes. I think yeah. of Dunn more as of a guy who's going to play like every game, like upwards of forty minutes. Like Rubio's always injured, so I I think that was definitely a uh, Tibbs pick. Sneaky thing, I never have to back up again. I think Chris Dunn's going to be the best player in the draft. Whoa, yeah. the best! Whoa. Jeez, I love it. Man. I love it. The Mark's best. bringing the fire. Tell us why. <laughs> why. Why do you? Why do you I, think that? No, I don't know. Uh, well, no, uh, no, <laughs> just made no, it no. I don't actually feel that way. No, I like, uh, I don't watch any college ball, uh, Same. right off the bat. Uh, but from what I gather, I ended up in this process having to watch a ton of uh, tape to kind of edit things together for the broadcast, uh, and feedback we've heard from people at Providence. Uh, there's something unique about Chris Dunn, hmm. about his ability to lead people, uh, and, it's just such an such important position now, like right point guard. Like that's those are the teams that make hay. It seems right. like have somebody who knows what they're doing there. That long term, like how does that guy not hit? One of my yeah for, yeah for sure. One I'm really curious about Malik Beasley. He's a guy that stood out. I mean Jamal Murray, I think is the most exciting pick hands down sure. because he's the guy that he went the highest. He went to Kentucky. He scored 20 points a game as a freshman. There's a lot there. At Wancho, I don't know anything about him. Very curious. Beasley's a guy that at the press conference stuck out. In part because he came up and introduced himself to every single person in the room, which I've never seen in any setting. He went up to every single person and shook his hands. And not only him, but his mom came up and introduced herself <laughs> to everybody in the room. And it was just cool. Like she, she gave, you know, 20 seconds to everyone just to kind of shoot the breeze. Um, what are your early thoughts about him, Mark? Uh, so the, you just talked about my favorite topic in the world this week. Okay. I'm Malik Beasley. I've got Sweet. a notebook. I've drawn hearts around him. Okay. Uh, so we were at the Rapids game last night, and some of the young guys were there. Yeah, saw and that. It's awesome. Watching just what you described, every interaction Malik's had, whether it's with just me or other press people, uh, the team, fans, it's just like there's something about this kid. And now I – can he play hoops? I, I, I don't know. And sometimes, like, in my – what I do is, is, like, I don't know, there's some – the camera loves that dude. Yeah. And you see him smile, and you see there's this there's a moment in the press conference where uh, everyone was asked a question, and we ended up catching this on camera, and we put it in a video. Hopefully, you guys will see soon. He just has this moment where he looks over at Wancho and goes like, reassures Wancho, in the press conference. <laughs> and it was just this little moment, and we just happened to catch it on another camera, and it was just like, I don't, this guy just makes me feel confident, and like I think for basketball players, and I think especially for such a, 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 a the team, the Nuggets in the situation they're in now. Any confidence on the court is only going to be a positive. Well, I think we saw that uh, during the draft night presser when Tim Conley was saying how much intel they had on Malik Beasley and how much research they did on him. Right. Tim Conley's brother used to work at Florida State. He knew Leonard Hamilton, the coach there, who coached Beasley. So they had a, like a ton of trust in drafting him because they knew the kind of person he was. They knew the kind of, they, uh, they knew the kind of worker he was. So that's definitely like a lot of what went into their decision to draft him. That's for sure. 
Man, that's really cool. I wonder if they watched Rudy to prepare for it. This is granddad's dad. I wonder if they like were trying to read things. And, no, I'm just kidding. They that. No, great pedigree. You know what? Yeah. Mark, maybe you can't comment okay. on this, but Zach, I'm we're guessing cues. you watched it. <laughs> you, you probably watched it on, on TV. Oh, yeah, actually, you weren't there either, Harrison. No, I wasn't. How awkward was that press conference? There was a. It was just a yeah, weird format. I, yeah, we have to talk about it because it, it's not anybody's fault. I mean, maybe it's my fault. I'm part of the media there, and we were kind of all just... Taken aback, I think. No, it wasn't your fault. Media tip from the outside. Okay. Maybe don't go to all of you. Uh, (laughs) If you ask four people a question, it's hard for them to answer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I definitely did that. I was taught pretty early on direct your questions. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good motto. Um, But it was just funny because I think, you know, Tim Conley came out and Usually a, a GM will give a short story or lighten the mood or whatever. And he literally walked out and was like, you guys don't really want to hear me speak. We're happy about these guys. What, what questions you have? And it was like – and I think the whole media was just kind of like, who's going first here? Um, but funny. But my favorite moment, I think, of this entire setup – Was when your phone rang? Yeah. <laughs> At the press conference? It's, <laughs> it's my wife calling probably like, where are you? Yeah, she's not important. Um, no, the funniest moment, I think, of the uh, entire press conference or the funniest thing – my man Peter Corn Cornelie Cornelie yeah. shows up wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> I know he flew ten thousand miles, right? He comes all the way over from France, and he's like, "Oh, I think he." I like to think he showed up in the locker room beforehand. He sees everybody in suits, and he's like, "Was I supposed to dress up for this?" <laughs> so, you know, he didn't get the, uh, yeah, that's true. He didn't get the guaranteed contract though, so that's those suits right. are expensive. <laughs> yeah. you know, so, especially for a seven foot guy, he's a tall right. guy. He's dipped right. a lot last week. Like right. the exchange rate isn't really helping him. <laughs> the Brexit kind of hurt. Yeah. That's true. You're right. We'll have to ask him about that. I don't think he'll find <laughs> it as funny as we, <laughs> as we do. So, um, I think I think the most awkward part of the press conference was how Tim was like a moderator. Yeah. Like somebody would ask right. a question and Tim would be like, uh, Wancho, what do you think about that? Or, um, Peter, you haven't said something yet. It was like super awkward. Aren't well, you glad to have a GM that cares? It's <laughs> great, guys. Well, it's funny because I did ask, I was like, what was your first impression of the city? I asked if it was your first time being here and what your impression of the city because I wanted to get all the guys. So I asked everybody. What's the altitude and, like? Yeah, and and it, it, like the, I think Wancho first said, you know, it's my first time here. Lovely city. And then the rest of them just said, first time here, second first time here, <laughs> first time here. I was like, that was the least interesting part <laughs> of the question. People but, don't work out anymore. Man. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a really interesting draft. I'm really excited to see these guys. It's funny because so much happens in a year. I almost forgot that the Nuggets started the season last year with Eric Green. And he's right, a guy right. that I really liked. Everybody that talked to Eric Green, phenomenal guy, super nice guy. Didn't work out for the Nuggets. I don't think he's, you know, I don't know if he's going to make it in the league or not. But um, and it made me, it gave me a moment of pause just looking at these guys because I was like, man, I can't wait to see Beasley. I can't see these guys. Then I was like, the odds that all four of these guys, or even the three first round draft picks, don't work out is is probably pretty low. It's but really um, uh, but I don't know. We'll still give it. We'll still give the draft an A. I think that's it all around. But now we're on to free agency. You look at the Nuggets didn't didn't renew DAJ Augustine. I think that was not a surprise to anybody watching the team. They've got Jameer. They did re-up Darrell Arthur. Um, what did you think of that deal? We'll start with you, Zach. What did you think of the Darrell Arthur deal, and what do you think of bringing him back? I thought, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Darrell Arthur as a player and especially his fit next to uh, Nurkic. But what I was really excited about was, man, what is that, like $7.6 million a season? Right. That is that is a steal in this right. one. I thought for sure he'd be right around that $10 million range. So for him to come back at seven six, I mean that was that's it's just great work by Connolly once again. These are the questions you can't ask a guy, but I want to ask like, why'd you come back at that price? Like, right, I, right, I have to exactly. think he could have gotten more money, and I and I know that he likes the city. He was he's another guy that I think doesn't have a filter. Like at media day, he opens up and he'll, he'll even drop an f bomb or something like you know. But he's he's just a really open guy, and I think he loves the city. Um, Mark, what's your take on him? Uh, I think Dia is an awesome guy. I think. Anytime DA, uh, you hear that? Oh, yeah. DA, it's like your best friends. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. well. You know, it's it's like DA was telling me the other day. Uh, no, uh, he's uh, a, a great guy. He's a, a little bit older than a lot of the guys that we right. have, so yep. I, that's a steadying influence. Comes from Kansas, like so. You, you feel good. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Kansas ties, I think, in Denver for some reason. So I think that's a, well, it's thing. close. But I, well, I just in case like it seems like everyone I work with went to Kansas. So, oh, I see. Uh, they're all. It just seems like the secret club. Uh, but at that number, when you saw the the other numbers flying around on that same day, to to not feel like we got away with one is ridiculous. Right, uh, right. we did, and and it's those moves uh, as a Warriors fan. 
Uh, <laughs> it's those kind of incremental moves two years before everyone's paying attention when you actually win your championship. Yeah, Harrison, is there a guy on the, the Nuggets roster that they couldn't trade for at least equal value right now? Is there a guy they couldn't trade for equal value? I mean, what I mean by that is everybody on the roster, I think, right now has a value contract or is at market value or below. Right. Right. And I think the one guy that people would think of is Fareed, but over the past couple of years, his contract actually looks decent, you know? Right. For sure. Um, but yeah, going back to Arthur, like I could not believe how cheap that contract was. I thought it was a typo or something for sure, because I was also surprised that we didn't hear about more teams that were interested in him. Right. I think right. we just heard the Wizards were interested. But we never really heard any type of figure they were throwing out money-wise or anything like that. So maybe he just, you know, he wasn't even, like, taking calls with other teams or he was just coming back to Denver regardless. But, um, but yeah, it was interesting. They gave him that cheap contract and they left the, uh, left the max or close to the max offer room open for, you know, another guy. Well, that segues really nicely into a guy that the Nuggets might add any moment now as we're getting new and new updates coming across the wire, and that's Dwayne Wade. Um, let's just start there. There's no introduction here. What do you guys think? Do you want Dwayne Wade here, Harrison? Yeah, I, I'd welcome Dwayne Wade here. I don't think it's the greatest fit because they have Gary Harris, who had a great year last year, who's still 21 years old. They just drafted Jamal Murray at number seven, who they want to give a lot of playing time to. But I don't think you could take away the value that a future Hall of Famer would bring to especially such a young team. And this would also do a lot for the Nuggets just for their notoriety league-wide. That's I think that's probably the most important thing, just getting their name yep. in there like they did with Durant, like they're doing with Wade. I think that really does a lot for them just from a national point of view. And I think that's definitely a thing they need right now because we'll probably get into this too, how much they want to go after free agents in 2017, how big of a player they want to be then. So I think it's very important. The con, so that's definitely the pro, and I think you're absolutely right. It puts them on the map. If Dwayne Wade's here, the Nuggets are on TV for four games at right. least, minimum. Last yep. year they didn't get any. They ended up getting flexed in because uh, the Warriors we're, were, we're here. We're on TV every night on Altitude. <laughs> well, 725 on your cable. <laughs> very, very good plug there. <laughs> Never you. on national television. Thank there, you. There you go. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if Dwayne Wade comes here, I'm guessing we get through four in, uh, ESPN games. But the con of it, the biggest con, the biggest drawback, because the rumor is two years, $25 million a year, $50, 50 million yeah. over two. Um, the biggest drawback is he plays the two. That's his natural yeah. position. He can slide to play the three, but he can play the two, and that's a spot we have Murray, we have Harris, we have Barton. Um, Zach, what do you think? Do the pros outweigh the cons? Do the cons outweigh the pros? Yeah, well, no, the pros definitely outweigh the cons. I mean, you have to do it because – your your casual Nuggets fan would kill you if you could have got Dwayne Wade and you said, no, nah, we don't think the fit's that good. Right. That, that's not a good sell. I mean, but like you said, it's, it's super crowded at the two. It's pretty crowded at the three right now as well. Um, but you you can make moves after this. I don't think if they are signing Dwayne Wade, I don't think the Nuggets are done and are just happy with that. They're going to probably, I would imagine, uh, try and consolidate some of their other assets get some other guys in there and free up some space in the, on the wings there. So I'm all for it. It's it's not going to make them a championship contender by any means, but it like you guys said, it, it'll it'll get people talking about the team again. Is, is there a guy you have in mind that you would want them to trade to pair it's alongside? See, probably, I would think, and it's it's also been kind of buzzing around, is you know looking for Paul Millsap. From the Hawks, but then you know now that Horford has has gone and they didn't bring him back. Right, is that even still an option? Right, Mark, what do you think of uh, Dwayne Wade in Denver? Recused, really? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't want to like speculate on player moves and stuff. And gotcha. One way or another. Um, I do think. I do think one more thing that that I think would is really driving the Nuggets to get Dwayne Wade is because their attendance was so bad last season because. Right. Television right. ratings were probably so bad last season. Dwayne Wade would do a lot for that. He'd get a lot of people to come to the stadium, I think. He'd get a lot of people to watch on TV, I think. So I think that's a huge driving force also. I wonder about that so much. And I, think here, he, I think he would, man. I think he would tip the scales that way. What about just, – let's just talk about season ticket sales because that I think is like a big barometer for, for how – the for fan interest. 
would season ticket sales go up with with I, Wayne Wade? I think they slightly, would, right? Yeah, slightly or significantly, because uh, slightly is not going to move. I, think, I think it's slightly. I think your your day to day box office receipts are going to go up a lot more. The thing um, I wouldn't wonder about him though is he plays sixty games a year right now. So casual fan sure. doesn't know that though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they're not checking the roster before they buy the tickets to the night's game. All right, let me ask this: We signed Wayne Wade. You know, two years. He's he's on the Nuggets next year. What does our record look like? No other moves. No other significant moves. Just add Dwayne Wade to this roster. What's our record? <laughs> um, I'll start. I guess I'll say uh, I'll say forty forty one wins. Oh, so no playoffs. Five hundred team. Forty exactly forty. We add Dwayne Wade. We have got a full salary cap, full roster, and we're not a playoff team. Yes, we're close, but we're not. I. I'm with Harrison. I'm, I'm oh. thinking 41 and 41. Yeah, if everybody right stays healthy, if Gallinari has a career year, if Wilson Chandler gets back to where he was before right. an injury that made him miss the whole season, right? If everybody progresses, if you know, if everybody's healthy, yeah, I think they could sniff the playoffs. But I'll uh, I'll hedge that. I'll so hedge yes. that a little. Problem is, you stack like five ifs right there, so <laughs> probably one or two of them is not going to happen. Especially when talking about injuries, but. Uh, I this is bizarre because I'm the exact opposite of you guys. I don't want Dwayne Wade. I, I wouldn't mind. It's not the end of the world. I'm not ripping up, you know, my my Nuggets jerseys or whatever if this happens, but I don't want it to happen. But the flip side, I think the Nuggets are like a 48-49 win team with him. Um, wow. I just think he moves the needle that much as a go-to score. You look at some of the weaknesses of the Nuggets, they were the last in the league in isolation scoring. They didn't have a go-to guy. I think he he makes up for a lot of that. And then I also just think Nurkic is going to be a guy that has a big bounce back year, provide some depth that the Nuggets needed in the front court. I think Moutier can make a pretty big leap this year. So, and then Wilson Chandler, I've been on record saying um, that I think his absence last year was such a huge one, just because he was that rare. He he, he did two things that the Nuggets needed. He defend, defended with length, and he shot the three. Yep. So I think assuming that those that that all those things come together, the Nuggets could make a pretty big leap. You think though that starting lineup? Okay, so if you've got Moutier, Wade, Gallo, Fareed, Jokic, I mean, isn't the spacing is terrible Ugh. on that lineup? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's not a great one. That's not a great lineup. I wonder what Malone would do. The funny thing is, when we're talking about lineups like that, one of the best things you can do is use. Jokic out on the perimeter and out on the arc. That just doesn't seem like a Malone thing. Nope. So, I don't know. Let's move on um, because it's, it's all fun to speculate that about that. It, well, I guess I'll go around the table real quick, except for the recused one. Sure. And uh, Dwayne Wade, is he going to end up in Denver, yes or no? No, no. I no. think he's going back to Miami. Is this um, all a smokescreen? I think it's a smokescreen. I think it's yep. just, you know, a power play from yep. Wade's agent I, just to get more money from Miami. It's leverage, exactly. That's I think I think he definitely goes back to Miami. I do think there's a chance he goes to Cleveland, though. I, I do. That would be interesting. And I, then That I, I will speculate on. He's going to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Paul Millsap? I know he's been – I think the, the rumors have died down a little bit, and that was more of a trade centered around Freed right. and maybe something else. Will Millsap be in a Nuggets jersey? Probably not, but uh, he'd be a great fit here. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd say no as well. If, if Horford had re-signed with Atlanta, I'd have a lot, be a lot more optimistic. But with Horford gone, I think they keep him. What about this? Is the roster as is the roster that they'll enter training camp with? Well, they've said about you know a hundred times now that it won't be. But right. uh, they, I was I just wrote this article yesterday, um, or it came out today on it. They've got they're so far below the floor. They they had to make a somewhat significant signing to get right. there. But if you start looking in the free agency pool at this point, man, it's it, pickings are getting pretty slim. So I have to believe they're going to sign someone instead of keeping Jakar Sampson. Has Nick Young signed? Hey, Is he free agent? Because I can see Nick Young being the guy whose agent took to him and said, "Look, we should, we should just take Dan. a one year thirty million for a team that has to get right. to the floor." Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just eats that up. Um, what about you, Harrison? Just real quick, do you think uh, the Nuggets make another move? No, I think this is pretty much the roster they bring to training camp. I think based on how the first couple of months go of the season, there could be some big changes. Right. Like if they start really slow out of the gates, like there could be some big moves taking place. If they start really well, you know, maybe they look to add somebody at the trade deadline. But I think starting out at least next season, this will be the roster they pretty much have. Right. Well, let's move on, guys, because, you know, my favorite thing in the entire year, this is so silly, but I think my favorite week in the entire year is the week of Summer League, the Las Vegas Summer League. That begins on Friday. The Nuggets have games Friday, Saturday, and Monday. 
Um, and they have a really, really interesting roster this year. Moody is going to play. So is Gary Harris. I'm guessing. I'm just speculating here. I'm guessing they'll each play two games. Right. Yeah, um, that's about right. I'd say. Murray, uh, uh, Jamal Murray is going to play. Wancho is going to play. Peter Cornelly. For some reason, I can't get that right. I told you, man. Every time. <laughs> Cornelly. Think Peter, about it. He's going to be there. Jimmer's on the team. Jakar and Axel. And then a bunch of other guys of, of mild interest. Uh, local fellas, local fellas that have that bring their own their own prestige, but I don't think they'll make the team. Mark, I'll start with you. Yeah. Number one thing, what are you excited to to see out of the Nuggets at summer league? Uh, what did we What did we get for Christmas? You know, like it's, I'm ready to open these presents. Oh, okay. like, yeah. <laughs> well, we 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 got all these bodies now. Like, what can they do together? How? Who? What positions is everyone going to play? Right. Uh, are they point guards or are they shooting guards? Like, there's. Right. So many fun things and so many, like, hopefully Mike uh, Nori, who's going to be coaching the, the Summer League team. Who's he's, great, by the way. Who is an awesome guy and a great quote. Uh, who, you know, he'll have a chance to kind of build, like, it'd be like a lab, you know, and, and right. see. And the Nuggets have been really great about finding value in, in later picks and guys cast off some other teams that, that got a chance to play a little bit last year. And I don't see why that wouldn't continue. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Number one thing you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Jimmer putting up 40. Oh, tonight. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm actually looking forward to, uh, to Wancho uh, because, you know, we, it's hard to even just find film on the guy. And then um, nobody really, I mean, like everybody said, there's this this big hype around him um, being being a big value in the draft. So excited to see if he if he can be uh if he can basically earn a spot on the roster here in summer league i'll tell you what wancho did a workout a one-on-zero workout he looked phenomenal <laughs> i mean it, honestly everybody jokes about eg on Leon's chair this was like that times a hundred he was amazing he had like 12 shots in a row he had he was so smooth so i'm yeah he's definitely high on my list what about you h dub what do you want to see Oh, what am I looking forward to? I, I, this is just a really fascinating lineup. Like, this is the, one of the more exciting summer league lineups Damn, I can remember sure. in a while. You know, in the last couple of years. I mean, of course, the rookies, um, Jimmer, like like Zach said. Although I'm not a huge fan of him being on the team, just because I'd rather like Jamal and Wancho get those looks instead of Jimmer, like throwing up 20 shots a game. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Jimmer scores 40. I'm not mentioning him in our recap. He's going <laughs> yeah. He's like the, uh, like the fourth or fifth game of Summer League. He's just right. going to go off. Uh, once once Moutier and Gary have played a couple games and they just turn it over to Jimmer. Yeah, it's, no, it's nothing against him, but I'm just not going to, you know, what, what is it? I'm not going to ignite the flames of, oh, Jimmer's the savior of Denver. That's not going to happen for me. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it's the Moutier-Murray pairing. I'm just so curious to what, see what yeah. those guys look like together on the court, how much Moutier handles the ball. Uh, Moutier looked awesome in Summer League last year, and I, I really think I'm, – I'm, I could be dead wrong on this. I think Moutier is best when he has shooters around him, lots yeah. and lots of shooters. Yeah. And as much as the NBA game is different than Summer League and things speed up, I think part of the reason he struggled, especially early on, is because the Nuggets just had no spacing and no shooters. So. Um, I, I I have like one theory on on Moutier and sure. kind of how we we what we hold him to. How much basketball has he actually played in his life? Like high school, right? right. In China, he doesn't really play in China. So last right. year's like the first time he's consistently played high level basketball. You were watching a dude like so far in over his head, and yep. he didn't drown. Like, yeah, I, I felt like that was a thing that people don't really talk about and put into context properly. Well, as our own Jeff Morton says, he was the rookiest of rookies last yeah. year because he really was coming off of basically a year off. So any improvement you saw is just like, I mean, week to week, I would see things like, I didn't see that last week. So, yeah. You know. um, but I think, you know, I think they're going to play a lineup. They might even start a lineup that looks Moutier, Murray, Harris. And like Gary Harris is playing small forward. And in summer league, you can get away with that. Yep. Right. Um, and that's just already a lot of shooting. If you talk about Wancho... Allegedly, he's a floor spacer. You're talking about four, three shooters around the perimeter for him. That's awesome. I want to see what that looks like. All those uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv highlights, they just seemed like him <laughs> shooting from, from the arc. Like, yeah. it wasn't even like he was down low. It was just like, oh, no, that dude shoots. Yeah. yeah. What, have you, what have you got to notice about him? Because I haven't interviewed him yet. I saw him at the press conference, and that was it. Is there any insight you have to him? Again, uh, so we uh, – just a friendly guy. We saw him out. You know, I hate to you know sound like the biggest shill in the world, but saw him with the fans, and it was just like this is a kid living his dream. He just yeah. seems so excited. And you know, I, I've lived overseas, and and that I can't imagine doing that at nineteen, and then all of a sudden have this expectation to then do a job and then do it like on a professional level like that. Right. Like, and you know, he just seemed very comfortable. You know, his agent's been around a little bit. It, it seemed like they 
this seems like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, I got I got the chance to talk to him one on one today actually after awesome. after practice. Yeah. And his English isn't that great. Uh, it's coming along. It's better than my Spanish last night. <laughs> I, I mumbled through. So, did you try some Spanish? Oh, on for him? sure. Oh, this is awesome. Like California white boy Spanish. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I wish we had this. On, uh, on but I, I, yeah, I lived in Brazil or Barcelona. So he's like, I, uh, from Madrid. I was like, Madrid. Sorry. Sorry (laughs) But uh, yeah, I talked to him today. Um, Really, really upbeat, fun-loving guy, like Mark was saying. He had one quote that kind of stood out to me, though. He said that the the Nuggets team, the young group they have right now, is kind of like a family. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a really interesting quote um, because... I feel like these guys are really bonding, like off the court. You saw them at the Rapids game, which was pretty cool. And I think another thing that has to do with it is how many international guys the Nuggets have on the roster. And it's something we've been talking about a lot. It's such a unique situation just from a coaching perspective and from a playing perspective. And I think the international guys around him are really helping him get acclimated to just a new culture and a, a new way of life in the States. Yeah, and I want to. You you brought up the fam- familia thing, as he said, yeah. and and it definitely was noticeable. So I've only been down one day uh, to the practice or the shoot around or whatever, and and the young guys definitely have taken to each other. And I think Moutier kind of has too, just from observing. And you think about it, these guys are all nineteen, twenty; they're all in the same age, age range. It is kind of cool to get to see these guys bond together. Moutier, Harrison, you had a phenomenal piece over at, at BSN Denver the other day that was about. Moutier, the quote was that Moutier was really shy, and he talked about how he really came out of his shell as the year went on, and he feels much more comfortable just mm-hmm. socially. Not, not on the, it had nothing to do with basketball, it was just socially. Um, and I, I absolutely feel like I noticed that in the locker room last year. Are you noticing that it's, in the practices? It's really noticeable when he's just talking with the media after practice and just walking around the practice court. Like, he's done a complete 180 from where he was last year. Like, he was... We've talked about this a lot, too. Like, he seemed like kind of a shy guy, kind of maybe, like, more of an introvert than an uh, an outgoing guy who's, you know, going out with teammates every night and stuff. But he's really done a 180 from his personality, at least what I can see from the outside looking in compared to last year. Right. And it's weird because you think about... The NBA is such a weird thing. Sports are such a weird thing. But Moutier's 19 last year. Jameer Nelson's 33. Yeah. Um, Mike Miller is 57, I think. I don't remember. But, you know, these guys, like, you don't hang out. I, when I was 19, I didn't hang out with 33-year-olds. Maybe I like family barbecues or this or that. But you guys party with the interns a lot? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so you know what? It's a, it's a weird dynamic there. And you think about the pressure of on top of that having to play on the NBA and there's this competitive nature to these guys. So uh, I think I, – I, I just feel like, like – Last week, I finally feel like I started putting it together, and I'm 36. Uh, no, 35. Uh, 35, that's it. Hold on. Right? Yeah. So I would be out of the NBA by the time yeah. like, I finally, like, oh, I can be semi-professional. Yeah. So we're asking that of a 19-year-old, and then, like, hey, here's a couple million dollars, too. Good luck. Yeah. And not, it, only, not only that, too, but think about it. It wasn't just the pressure of playing in the NBA. It's like, hey, you're going to come to the Denver yeah. Nuggets, who we just got rid of, the last guy who might have been close to the face of our franchise in Ty Lawson. So... You're now going to be the guy for our team, you know. And you've and never so, done interviews yeah, and anything right. before. Exactly. Good luck. Yep. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'm excited about some of you for having some perspective. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's warranted. Any any news popping up on Dwayne Wade? No, no, just uh, just the same old, <laughs> same old, same old. Yeah. Um, I'm Although excited. some people, including uh, Mark Kisla, want to give him a third year. Which I think oh would my just God. be disastrous. If, there, if there's one thing that the Nuggets should not do, it's give a third year. Because be, everything no. about the Nuggets right now is a two-year window before contracts are going to be up. I mean, I think if you're bringing them on, it's got to be a one plus one. Yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah. know if you can give them two years fully guaranteed. I don't I mean, even know that he would want to do anything other than a one no, plus one. No, I think you got to do a one plus one. I mean, if you give him a three-year contract, he's 37 making... 25 million a year. That's just, yeah. you're, that's a poison pill. You're paying him Kobe money. Right. He wasn't <laughs> that's Kobe a Kobe money. contract in three years. Let me ask you this, and we'll, let's go quickly because I do want to move on, but, and I don't want to dwell on this. How much do you think if the Nuggets had sold out, 80% sold out last year attendance, are they considering Wade? Is it factoring in that much that this is just a draw? I definitely think it's pushing the needle more. If, I mean, if they had been really good and if they had great attendance last year and great ratings, 
they might not be pushing as hard for him, but I think that's one of the you know a couple biggest factors in this. So they're finishing with the same record, right? But finishing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finishing with the same record. Everything's the same except for fans are like paying tickets. No, they to won. What they won last year? Thirty three. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they might be kicking the tires on it then, you know, and, and seeing. But yeah, not not nearly as hard of a push. Well. Right on, guys. Let's move on uh, real quick. I want to play a, a quick, fun game. I, I texted you guys all earlier a little bit. We have four new guys on the team. Wancho, Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, Jamal Murray, and Peter Corneli. We have to come up. I don't think these guys have nicknames. Other than Jamal Murray, whose nickname, the Blue Arrow, is pretty, pretty damn good. That's pretty oh. solid. <laughs> no? Okay. Wow, we have two that like it and two that don't care for it too much. So... Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. What, no, I want to hear. What did you so, have? Like what I got, you know, it's not like a nickname for him, but more like his, like he's like a wrestler, right? And he's got a finishing move, and it's the Kitchener catch and shoot. The <laughs> Kitchener catch and shoot. Oh, that's the old Kitchener catch and shoot. That you know what? It does roll off the tongue rather Can't you, nicely. Marlo? Marlo saying that? Ooh, yeah, I could Ooh. see it. Let me hear your best Marlo. Come on, you can do this. <laughs> it's got to involve Castle Rock. It's got to involve uh, <laughs> and I'll, it's I'll volleyball. Involve, it's got to yeah. involve Joffrey. I'll set you up with some haste. Now, now, you look at that. now that's a foul. Now, that, right, that right there, it's a foul. Uh, uh, well, well, now Scott, because uh, 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 Marlo is maybe my favorite human. Oh in the yeah, universe. they're the best. They're he may not know that he's talking to me on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I feel really bad about that. I feel really, really bad because it's like we're co- like I, I sometimes like I haven't had the chance to be like, hey Marlo, that's me because we just keep like being in different parts of the Pepsi Center all the time. Uh, but hey, Marlo, that's me. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna show you a fire tweet one day. He's gonna be like, look at this fire tweet. And you're gonna be like, I w- so you know about his parents, right? Fun Marlo facts. I don't. Let's no, let's have some Marlo right, facts. Right, right. Fun. So one thing I I'm really pitching hard is ask Marlo anything. Okay, it's gonna be our AMA next year. Uh, but I would I would listen, watch whatever it is. It doesn't matter subscribe. what it is. He's like yeah, we're on our test, right? Like he, he would just give you Better World Peace. He just give you the good stuff. Uh, Marlo's parents were actors. His okay. father is that. in All About Eve, the movie is on recently this weekend, who's tremendous. Hugh Marlowe was a tremendous actor, soap opera actor. His mother was an actor. Uh, his dad is literally in like three of maybe the greatest movies ever made. Which are? Spirit of St. Louis, or okay. Meet Me in St. Louis, All About Eve, and now my brain just flummoxed because I, I said <laughs> <It's> three. <laughs> the best yeah. movies ever. Don't remember what it is. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I would just say go check out Hugh Marlowe movies oh, and awesome. then talk to Marlowe about acting. That was a great segment, Marlowe Facts. I like it. Um, all right, but we need to give some yeah, nicknames sorry. to these guys. So we have, say it again, the, kit, the Catch and Shoot Kitchener? What was Kitchener Catch and Shoot. The Kitchener Catch the and Kitchener. Shoot. Catch and shoot. All right, what do we vote? Nice. I don't like nice. that one. I don't, I don't know. Like that. on that one. What else, what else we got? What about Macho Wancho? Macho Wancho? That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I do think Wancho is just going to be the type of guy that Marlo just says his first name, like Joffrey. Wancho. Wancho is the best name ever. I didn't yeah. even know it was a name till yeah. I saw Wancho's yeah. name. Well, I, I'll tell you what I thought it was. I'm still not convinced if it's like his real name or if his real name is Juan. Right. And it's just like the Ronaldo, Ronaldinho thing. Right. You know what I mean? Juan, like Wancho. Juan. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm still Juanchito. not convinced Juanchito. his name is actually Juanchito. Wancho. Or uh, if it's just like a nickname. I think we have to ask. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to go with it. He, he's not gonna. He's probably not gonna like understand what we're trying to ask him. I like this one. That's my name. El Toro. El Toro. For Wancho? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It has nothing to do that's with Wancho El Toro. It's a it's Spanish so word. Let's let's see how he drives. First. I got. Yeah, well, that's not bad. He likes to initiate contact. Yeah, he's he's he, dri- he drives cool. to the rim a lot. Not bad. You know, I figure if he gets on a roll, we'll just say that he's Juan Fuego. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. This one, that's oh. so bad that it's good. We're oh. definitely using that. I like no, and I, I can like see Marlo that. using that one. Juan too. Flago? He's Juan right, Flago. That, that's what I, when I was trying to figure out. I was like, what would Marlo say? And that's uh, that's what came to mind. I like El Toro because we have Gallo, and now yep. we can have El Toro. There you go. The other one I like to keep with the Kitchener Lace. theme, the parishioner from Kitchener. Only because it rhymes, not because it has. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a mouthful. Yeah, I didn't know that about. Him. Did not know that about. Him. Didn't know he was a parishioner. That's amazing. Um, killer bees for Beasley, oh, not for Jamal Murray. <laughs> well, I had uh, the Lucky Sevens when when Murray and Ooh, Murray and like uh, Jamal are out there. Right? I like it. Like that was that the Lucky like, Sevens. Yeah. Didn't, had uh, the, um, didn't JJ Hickson wear number seven? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the yes. worst. I had Malik. <laughs> 
So Malik the bees Neasley. The, the what? The bees? Malik the bees Neasley. I don't know. Malik the bees Neasley. It's nice. bad enough not to be good. <laughs> but not good enough. All right, what about this one? So we have we have Jamal Murray was the blue arrow, sure. but now he's in Nuggets gold. What if he's the golden gun? Oh, James <laughs> might be. Or I was like, okay. there might be some James Bond copyright. Did you see the whole stuff there, but... violence cop thing? Uh, I mean, it's like yeah. yeah. bad look Arenas. for the league. We're still working yeah. through yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I still like. We had. A, I had a, on my team in, in college. We had a guy named Gun. His name was Melvin, but he, we I've never called him Melvin. Only called him Gun. He was a great shooter. Peter Gunn's theme? I, I, no, 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 not like that. That was a terrible reference. Peter was, you've had some good, yeah. You've had some that's good, a good reference. reference. No, that's a, bad that's a reference. classic song. Voted classic down. song. What else we got? Is that it? I was counting on you guys for some much just... better. We have nothing for Peter. I think we should just call him T-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> T-shirt. Said. He looks. He looks just like Jared Jeffries. Like those two guys could be twins too. Maybe we could get They're something with that. They're just both skinny. That's what it comes no, down to. No, they look tall. the same. Like, they have the same face, same hair. I mean, I wouldn't confuse them in a crowd. <laughs> they look pretty similar. <laughs> All right, I give that round a C-. minus. Not bad. Yeah, I, I I'll take C's. Yeah. Okay. I think we did okay. Yeah. Uh, might, be, <laughs> might be a lot of C students sitting here. Yeah, a lot of C students. Uh, if you guys have anything, you know, shout us out on Twitter, any, any one of us, or, or just let us know in the comments section of this podcast. But let's move on. Last section here, guys, is headlines. We want to go around the league. Um, we're going to finish with the, the hammer headline that I think is going to shape the league for years to come. But let's start with some more mini headlines. The Atlanta Hawks picked up the White Howard. <laughs> is that <laughs> the, the Hawks? I've, I've, for years now, the Hawks have been what I've always thought the Nuggets' best case scenario was. Right. Like, we could assemble this great group of talent that plays great. We don't have a superstar, and that's just going to be It's their... not even – the Hawks are what would happen with the Denver Nuggets if they played in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, it, they – you think about that um, – man, any of these teams would that were seven, eight seeds, right. They, there'd be three, four, two seeds in yeah. the East. The 53-win team would have been right up there for uh, – yeah first seed overall so yeah exactly that's that's all they kind of are lebron had the greatest slam of the hawks ever when they were tied 2-2 and he's like i've been in a lot of close series this doesn't feel like it this doesn't feel like one. i've had a lot of pressure moments this doesn't feel like one that's the ultimate backhanded i just feel like the the hawks are the thursday five o'clock nba tv playoff game <laughs> right right yeah and if, as long as you're in that slot that is the lineup that that is the true death lineup so now they have schroeder they've got they don't have Bazemore. Or they do have Bazemore. You know, he left, right? No, he left. He got left and got a lot of money. Yeah, he got, I don't remember where he went, though. We have to look that up. I've already forgot. So many deals have happened <laughs> in the last 48 hours. But they got Millsap and they have Dwight Howard. Is that is that team better, worse, excite, more interesting, less interesting? Oh, no. Bazemore resigned with the Hawks, man. So he is with the Hawks. Oh. So they do have yeah. Bazemore. So he just re upped with them. You're, gonna, you're telling me they are going to Baze some more. Exactly. Got to yes. exercise those bird rights on <laughs> Kent Bazemore. The Hawks, bird rights. So, right, anyway, are they interesting? No. 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 Right. They're the it's not like they're gonna take a jump from where they were last year. You know, they'd probably even take a step take back. A step yeah, back. Right, right. I don't I mean, think Horford's way better than D- Dwight Howard. And Teague though, no Teague as well. No Teague, right. yeah. And I don't think Schroeder's ready for that either. Corver's in his forties now. Best yeah. best thing about the Hawks is Sir Foster, the organist. That's right. really true. And, That's no, and their Twitter. They have a phenomenal Twitter. Is it good? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they, they create yeah. a Tinder night for for, for oh, oh, they're they're a phenomenal <laughs> Twitter. They shoot but from the hip. Supposedly they they are a franchise that has crowd problems, right? <laughs> right. But yes. Atlanta is traditionally yes. like a bad sports town. Terrible. Uh, so, I mean, if you don't have local buy-in, is, I mean, is that one of the keys to everything? It would be a crime if Dwight Howard goes there, they're worse, and attendance goes up. Because that would be <laughs> everything that's, like, frustrating about trying to get Why didn't we do, the, like, seats? the Dwight full homecoming, right? Because he's from Atlanta, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, no? Yeah, no? I don't think that's Showerman Skittles? Playing the piano. The LeBron, I love LeBron, but that when they're playing the piano. Who, what's the musician's name that's playing the I'm Coming Home Live as he comes up? That's too much for me. That's too corny. I can't, yes. I can't watch. It well, yeah. hurts. Um, the Celtics. So they got Al Horford. Um, move the needle at all? Are they more exciting? I think they definitely are. I mean, I think they're think they could be the two seed. Right, right yeah. They're, really? they're going to compete for that two seed. Oh, what's happened to the East? Them in Toronto. and Yeah. I don't know if I feel Cleveland, like Toronto. So what does that, Boston. What does that mean Cleveland beats Indiana? the Celtics in five yeah, games? Maybe. Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably four or five. 
Um, this is my favorite team of the offseason. Might be my favorite team ever. The Los Angeles Lakers, who cannot get it. And, and I don't mean to pile on the Lakers. I have nothing against them. But, man, they couldn't get a meeting with Kevin Durant. Nobody seems interested in going there. So they're like, you know what? We're going to pick up Timothy Mozgov for $64 million. What grade do you give their offseason so far? Um... I gotta get. I'll give it an A for entertainment. <laughs> I made the Lakers and the Dodgers as long as I've been alive, uh, and to see them not get free agents, like not even get a meeting. Yeah. Oh, that is nice. Oh man, and you know what? Sorry, All these people that say, "Do you owe it to the Lakers out of respect?" It's just like the. To me, it's just the, it. It hurt. It's like nails on a chalkboard because the organization has made a lot of terrible decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have any pieces that yeah. can instantly contend. What do you give them respect for just because of their history? Just because well, of well, Jerry they, West because they played there and, and they, Will Chamberlain right, played there right. back in the they 70s. They keep Dr. Buss in like a Lennon like glass yeah. case, right? <laughs> so <laughs> roll them out. Yeah. And so you pay homage. And then, but yeah. otherwise, like, yeah, oh, I want to go pay for, play for his son. Uh, nah, yeah. no thanks. Well, what is this like the third year in a row the Lakers have struck out in free agency when, when right. they've been relying right. on it right. to retool their team? Right. And and the problem with Mozgov is, I mean, that's like the starting salary for a starter caliber center right. under the new cap. But, I mean, who were they really bidding against? I guess we don't know, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're really bidding against anybody. But not to mention, what if they struck out and Mozgov yeah. went somewhere else? Like, are we down the hall? Right. We got him! Yeah. And they just, they like, panicking? they signed him, like, right out That's of the That's what gate. I was going to say, so man. It was, like, five minutes into the I know. That paperwork was done. And I think he's a terrible fit there alongside Julius <laughs> Randle, to be honest. <laughs> How is he a Hibbert improvement? We've he might. He's a Hibbert improvement. I think he can shoot Hibbert, a little Hibbert. better. I guess Hibbert's right? a broken man. How are we debating this right now? This is amazing. <laughs> Who is better, Hibbert or Mozgov? Um, let's move on to a team that actually does deserve respect, and I think every major free agent should meet with them, and that's the Spurs. Um, that's an organization that, if I'm a free agent, I have no interest in going there. I probably do give them a visit just because I'm like, hey, I want to hear what they have to say. They right. might blow my mind with something. Um, Tim Duncan possibly, maybe even likely retiring. Pau Gasol moving in. What do you guys make of their offseason? Obviously, they struck out with Durant. I think they're. Uh, I mean, their offseason. Pau Gasol is a perfectly good replacement for Tim Duncan. That at this point, yeah, exactly. I mean, he slides right in and and takes over his production. But have they done anything to get them over the hump that they they ran into in the playoffs last year? Not really. And I, I mean, the backcourt. It would have been nice to see them improve. It would have been nice to see Ginobili retire so they could be like, all right, finally we can bring someone else in right. to take his spot. Instead, they're going to hang on to him. He's going to get a little bit more bald and they're going <laughs> to get, you know, and they're going to, and they're going to continue to struggle to defend and play against teams with younger athletic guards. Yeah. Am I getting, I'm getting text messages here, here about Wade. Let me just check the, check the wire here. Is it, is it broken? Is it, no, is this it, is just the same. No. Oh, there's no. Everybody texts yeah. me like, "Oh, is this? It's really happening?" But it's not. Um, what about Chicago? Picked up. They lost Rondo. Uh, I don't know if you say you lost Rondo. You gained Robert, Robin Lopez. I just man. So I moved. I moved to Chicago the week they got Derrick Rose. Right. Like that pick, right? And then it was like instantly once they got it, it was like, "Oh, that's gonna be Derrick Rose." So I was able to see the rise and fall of the Bulls. Oh God! And a, we were going to games and like. I, I just can't explain how disappointing it is that city that that core group didn't yeah, come together and didn't right. that just never got over that hump and to see them basically like the Bulls now are the Knicks. Right. All those Bulls you loved are all now Knicks. Yeah. It's just and I'm like but the guys that I usually email about basketball are predominantly Bulls fans and they're despondent and the other the the guys that aren't Bulls fans are Knicks fans and they're despondent. Right. And I can't talk about anybody about basketball anymore. So <laughs> Well I'll tell <laughs> we'll you I'll tell you the tipping point for me with Chicago was when they almost got Carmelo. What was that? Right. Two or three yeah. years ago. Yeah, if it. they would have gotten him, so I think they would have pro- probably made a finals Possibly, Ooh, I don't know about that. They would have at least I think been so. a conference. Finals. They would have at least finals. made a conference finals and had you know a good enough team to make a finals. Taj Gibson's but, a really good player that people yeah. don't think about. <laughs> but yeah, w- once they didn't get that, I don't know if that was Mello not wanting to go there or what. But they just never really you know were relevant again after that. And then the injuries happened, and yeah, now now we're here. So when the Nuggets were looking for a coach. Fred Hoiberg was my guy. I, I loved him. There is like everything I read about him. Was a McDermott guy too? No, I was not a big buckets guy. Um, <laughs> but everything about Fred, I'm, I'm, he's not a good coach. Or he's not a, he, here's my thing about coaches in general in the NBA. Rookie head coaches almost all struggle their first year. 
So part of me thinks, like, man, he had a terrible situation. It sounds like there's a lot of dysfunction. Guys hated yeah. each other on that roster. Right. Gar doesn't sound like a fun dude to hang around. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Bulls in general, I think, would be a tough one. And then on top of that, he's gonna, he's, is he going to make it through the year? I mean, let's be honest. He's given Rondo, who's mm. – a tough guy to manage. Yes, because the Cubs are going to win the World Series. Oh, and that city, nobody's going to care. That right? not <laughs> care. There, won't, there isn't a basketball season this year. Yeah. Like, honest to God, like, if the Hawks are decent, like, the Bulls have really started. You could feel them fall down the pecking order as the Hawks started winning, and that was weird. Yeah. And then the Cubs <laughs> were turning around, and the White Sox are just the White Sox. You know you just jinxed the Cubs. I don't care. Those. I don't live there anymore, and I'm a Giants fan, so I hope I did. Second, uh, it's an off year. The Giants are winning. Second to last one, I want to ask about the Knicks. We just mentioned them Sorry. a little bit. They have the all 2011 team. That's to say, right? It's an amazing team for 2011. What is this team's upside? Like, what's the best case scenario for this Knicks? Well, the upside is, you know, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. Obviously, he's still your makes a giant. Yeah, leap exactly. Is he? He's got to become the superstar, and then he's got a lot of nice pieces around him. But if he's <laughs> not, then you've got a bunch of guys who are secondary not even second pieces on a championship team you know, yeah. third or fourth pieces on a championship team it's, it's, i mean derrick rose I mean, there's so many you talk about ifs there's right. like 30 ifs for that team you see harrison you excited about the knicks at all i'm excited to watch them yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like this is going to end badly though uh, well it's it's a lot of years the, for knicks, a lot of contracts. the knicks are nice because like it's sunday afternoon i'm vacuuming the house i'm doing some dishes Oh, the Knicks are on, and then we'll see if the triangle still won't work. Right? Like, <laughs> we'll that really is work. the whole point of the season: is to find out is the triangle still not viable. Uh, <laughs> it's not. I think they might, they might be the league's best train wreck potential this year. Mm. Yeah, man, I don't it's, know. Actually, I, that, we'd have to put I some thought like into that. Milwaukee sneaky, train really wreck sneaky. Yeah. Jason Kidd. MVP of train wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Knicks are definitely in my top five of league pass teams. That's really? for sure. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to watch them. But there is, you know, if this happens, like, you know, these guys are going to get injured at some point. These right. guys will all have their ups and downs. But what if they're all injured in November? Like, what if in November we do have What Derek if they Rose trade Rose in February? He's a contract year. What for if Rose? They, what if they just oh, get rid right. of him? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I, think, just... I actually think that's a big part of their plan anyway. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it's absolutely possible. Let's move on because we are running up on time here. But a big thing sort of happened in the league yesterday. Um, this, <laughs> this guy named Kevin Durant, who is arguably the best player in the NBA, if not the best, he's certainly a top three top player. Three, yeah. He's the second best player on his team right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he just joined. I mean, there were rumors about this for a while. But I didn't think it was going to happen. He's in Golden State. What I mean, let's just start with Mark. So, how? Okay, let me. I'm gonna. I didn't even ask a question. I just said let's start with Mark. <laughs> I was born in 1980. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, the Warriors have been bad my whole life. Things that I look forward or remember, great remembrances are a player choking a coach, <laughs> uh, Baron Davis being in shape briefly. Uh, so the memories are like kind of few and far between. Like. Prior to, like, 2012, my best memory was a Friday night game in 2011 on ESPN that my team was actually on ESPN on Friday night and went to overtime against the T-Wolves. So okay. that was the kind of thing I was holding on to. Okay. It's like but, Nuggets fans. But, but let me ask you, what would you do if your least favorite player in the NBA signed to your favorite team? Ooh. And he was one of the top five players in the league, so you had to be stoked because you empirically knew how good this was for you. But in your heart, we're like, I don't like that dude. And I don't like that movie, Thunderstruck. You, you, have, to, <laughs> you have to explain this because I don't think I've ever met somebody that doesn't like Kevin Durant. Right. Uh, yes, I'm the outlier. I previously found him to be inauthentic, which is a okay, fake fair. blogger word. It doesn't mean it. It's not like he's a, 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 a handmade cocktail bar. It doesn't matter if he's authentic or not. But he just seemed to be not being himself. And like that drives me crazy to watch somebody in a spotlight like that be contrived and try to be somebody they're not. And I always felt like he was saying the right thing all the time but never meant it. And now we find out that he didn't mean anything. <laughs> so all those things I felt about him were true. <laughs> but he's on my team and I don't give a fuck. The one Sorry. thing I'll say about that, because I think you're right about, about Durant, but I don't blame him at all for that. Just the because... tattoos under the jersey, that really drives me crazy. Like they're like, hidden? If yeah. you want tattoos, get tattoos, put dude. Them where you can put them on your face. Like yeah, like, I'm sorry, it's going to make Pepsi mad. But like... <laughs> I don't blame a man at all for that just because I see the the hell that athletes are put through from incredibly rational fans. So I love it. Like Wilson Chandler the other day, conversation on, on Twitter about, about attendance, and people were throwing 
you should complain. You should play uh, better rather than complain. Uh, like, man, no these one's working harder never, than that dude. If right they now. are right. ever real, if they ever you know take off their mask and just try to open up to guys, that's when fans like pelt them, right? Because because fans just hold superstars and athletes and and actors and musicians to a ridiculously higher standard than they hold themselves. Of course. So I give Durant a pass on that. But but the Warriors, are they going to lose? Yeah. I, yes, you said 80, yes. 82, it's 82 games, right? Something's <laughs> going to happen somewhere along. I honestly – I put the over-under at 76 wins. Ooh, They're going to go under that. I will take as many yeah, unders as I'm, you can. Steve Kerr is going to throw – let's just say they're 64. like 30 and 2. I think Steve Kerr like forces losses like seven maybe, of them or, just to be like, let's get this over. Do you with. think that they will rest guys down the stretch? That that oh, is part of their thought they will process rest 100%. for whole games. There will oh, be yeah. whole games. You no, I'm not saying take... so. Like at the end of the season, yeah. right? Do you think they think, hey, we lost to the Cavs and maybe we were a little too dinged up, so we're gonna, you know, if we're at fifty and ten or something like that. I don't think it's the end of the down. season. I think it's at the beginning, middle, and end of the season. They're gonna <laughs> yeah, be huh. taking games off. Yeah, I think. I think I'd put the over-under around, like, 68 or so. It's a good over-under. Over, over yeah. perfect. Yeah. I th- I'll take the under, I mean, too. they're going to be amazing when everybody's <laughs> yeah. playing. It's not very often that teams win 60 games. So if yeah, they can no, win 65, right. they're going to have the one seed. So, like, I, I've, I've, a close friend of mine's a Thunder fan, and I've, I, I felt really bad. Like, I genuinely felt bad. It's yeah. just like, this seemed to make the league not fun for a right. lot of people. Yeah, for but sure. then I saw everybody's opinions. I was like, oh, your opinion's all <laughs> shit. Like everybody, like, oh, I hate superstar teams. Well, uh, what's your favorite part of the league? Love Jordan, love Larry, yeah, love right, Magic. Right. Well, then he did. Yeah, yeah. like, I cannot take any of your opinions seriously because you don't watch basketball. You were never going to watch basketball. Just go watch the football. So, Get out of here. So, uh, Denver Stiff's owner, proprietor, creator, founder, Andy Feinstein, wrote an article today or yesterday. The days blend together now yeah. um, about how this was terrible for the league and this, this hurts the league. And there's a lot of there's a lot of good points in it. I think there's a lot of validity to it in that I think a lot of people that really emotionally invest themselves more than they should, like myself. I'm, I, right. I'm emotionally invested in the league to a degree that's not healthy. But it takes <laughs> a little bit of the underlying competitiveness and excitement out of it because I do think if there is a team out there that can beat the thun- uh, beat them, sorry, the Warriors, there's one. I don't think there's more than right. one or maybe yep. two teams that can beat them. So the competitiveness is gone. Is this bad for the league? I think it's bad for the league, but I think the ratings will never be better. If right. you think about it that so way. I, I think going back to last year, it seemed like we were waiting for Warriors-Cavs the whole season. you know, And then it finally got a little exciting when the playoffs, when the Warriors had a, had a tough time getting to the finals. But next year, it's just going to be like that times 50, you know? Right. We're going to be waiting for Warriors-Cavs again. Right, for sure. Uh, it's crazy Joe Lacob said that the extra $4 million <laughs> in the cap was attributed to the Warriors directly. Now oh, my. Did he really? He did say that. That's not true, but the Warriors did help right. ratings go up. Right. If ratings go up, there's more TV money. When the Warriors come to town, your barn sells out. So – my thing is just like, guess what? The Warriors are awesome for the league. <laughs> Your uncle is going to watch basketball. Your aunt may even watch basketball now. And even if they just watch the finals, that's good for the league because maybe they don't. Maybe they come to see the Warriors on a snowy December here in Denver, and maybe they see Jamal Murray, right? And they right. go, oh, maybe all right, maybe I should get into this team. That's that's a really optimistic perspective. And I think you're absolutely right because ratings don't lie and the ratings have been phenomenal for this finals despite the fact that there were blowouts in almost every single game of the playoffs in the first two rounds. Um, but here's the thing I wonder is, is it a bit of a house of cards? Like this, uh, not to use, not to compare this to the housing market, but there's this point of the housing market where things are just getting better and better. It's like, look at how great these, you know, no income loans are. This, this is great for the economy. And then eventually everything collapsed. Is the NBA headed that way where people are just like, you know what? Screw this. These guys all just want to play together and. And now interest just suffers, and we're in a ten-year. I think so, absolutely. I think uh, what Mark's saying is, yeah, that's the the short-term view. Is it the ratings are going to go up? The excitement among the casual fans is going to be at an all-time high because they want to watch a winner, and this team's going to win a bunch of games. But then people get tired of seeing the same teams win, or right. they get tired of their the loss of competitive balance. And I think, yeah, so you start looking at this keeps going 10, 20 years on, the league could seriously have a you know, a loss in interest, especially when you have teams like the Nuggets, who now I know when I when Durant when I found out Durant signed the Warriors, I was if my first reaction was angry and I realized I was angry because I was like, well, it's at least five years now before my team's even gonna have a shot. 
and win championship, which falls actually pretty much in the timeline of Nuggets. If but if I you're a, a Spurs fan, if right. you're a Cavs fan, if you're a Thunder fan, if you're a Clippers fan, like, yeah, it sucks. I think this is the kind of thing where the Warriors are really good for like two years. I agree. And then something's probably going to happen, whether that's like Clay Thompson getting tired of just standing in the corner the whole game. Or they're just going to run out of money. Or Draymond, yeah, or either might run out of money. Or Draymond Green just getting way too full of himself and wanting his own team. I could see that happening. Um, or Durant opting out after next year. Who knows? And it, it, it goes bad. But I think this is the kind of thing where they're really good for two years and then. It, they might not like break up totally, but there's going to be something that happens. Like I don't see this team sticking together for ten years. You know, I'm the exact it, it really it rarely happens. I'm the exact same way, and I think here's one thing I think. Tell me if this is silly because I honestly don't know, and I haven't. I don't think I've said this out loud, but let's say the Warriors roll through the league this year. They don't win 73 games because they try very hard not to win 73 <laughs> games. But let's say they roll through the league and then the playoffs come and they just go 4-0-4-0-4-0-4-0. Or even if they don't, but it's so clear that they're so much better than everyone else that it's not competitive. Um, do you think they look around the room and are like, eh, this was fun, but let's, no. let's no, go no, our separate yeah, ways. No. How, can you ever have too much money? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, you know, I, I look at other leagues where you see these issues. I, I can't remember the, the author, but I read some today where they compared it to the Premier League and where you kind of have these five or six teams that dominate year after year, and because of the structure of that league, they continue to dominate. Um, and that is kind of the most popular sport in the world. <laughs> right, so right. Uh, I, the NFL, when we were all growing up, it was a lot of dynasties, and everybody was pretty stoked about that. Right. So, and all again, the casual fans that I talked to that storm into my office to want to talk basketball kept telling me today over and over again how awesome the Bulls, the Lakers, the right. Celtics were while bemoaning super teams. So, right. And then the ratings this year for the finals were as high as they've been since Jordan was in the league right. back when we had super teams. So the math says people are pretty stoked about it right now right let's close with this because i think one of the one of the more interesting conversations that's been happening on twitter um and different social medias over the last 24 hours is is this ontologically related to fans saying rings are what matter and players saying well I can have a great career, but I didn't win a ring. And now Katie's saying I could have because Katie and Russ to me they're an I- they're iconic. I will think when I think back to the era of 2009 to 2015, I'll think about the Heatles first, and I'll probably think about the, the Russ Katie Thunder second. They didn't win a chip, but they're still iconic. So is this is this something where pl- fan- players are just like I got to win or else my whole career doesn't isn't validated? Yeah, no, I. I don't know about it. If it's career validation, if it's, I mean, man, it's a lot of work in an NBA season and you're pushing towards, there's really only one thing that has been defined as, yep, this made it all worth it. So it's natural to want it. It's natural to want to get to that pinnacle. And if you're a guy like KD, who's looking across, you know, the Western conference at these warriors, even with him not on it, even with him still on the thunder, like why do I want to go back to the Thunder and put in all that work again and it's not even going to matter because I'm still going to run into this team? Or do I want to go work with them and then we'll be that much more likely to get to where we want to go? I think it's definitely a reflection of how everybody va- how much everybody values rings nowadays. Because yeah. like mainstream journalism is just all about how many rings does this guy have. Right. And if he doesn't have any rings, he's trash. Right. So I think... It's a ridiculous argument because there's so much goddamn luck in the league. Right. I mean, if Steph doesn't slip on oh, yeah. Enos Canner's sweat or whoever that was, they don't Steven have a championship Adams's. last year without a huge amount of luck. The sure, Warriors, right? there's right. luck every yeah. year, yeah. but and I just think to attribute championships to how good a player is historically is just ridiculous, especially you, in the NBA. Do you see it at all? Do you see this having an effect now on how we talk about the league, or do you think this is like society can't be contained? This is just, or do you think people will start to be like, you know what, we're not going to talk about rings as much because we don't want the KD to Warriors thing to be a thing that happens over and over again. I um, I don't think yeah. it's going to change. I think it's an old school way that you look at Michael and you say he has six rings, and that's just the barometer. Yeah. It all comes back to Michael. It's a whole for everything. Riley, yeah. Riley walks in the room, supposedly, and drops all his rings on the table. Yeah, I right. don't think it's yeah. going to change, yeah. even though it's and ridiculous. Every every cold pizza, every morning drive time guy is just like, he doesn't have rings. Right. He's no good. Exa- exactly what Harrison said. So, all right, I'm going to take that away from you. I'll be the best player in the game, and I'm going to go get a ring. Now you can shut up. Right. I'm sure he saw the adulation that LeBron got. Well, he's never going to get that in D.C. because he would never sign with the Warriors or the right. Wizards. So, all right, what's the next best option? 
Right. Cool. And like all these, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, to a person, you're going to make the same amount of money. You're going to have a better living situation, a better working situation. And then in a year, you can do whatever you want. Who, who amongst us doesn't take that? Right, right. But then it was sure. like, that's not a fun take. You can't yell about <laughs> that on Twitter. Uh, well, I do think this was a good chat, guys. We'll wrap it up with that. Um, I, right. I'm always going to be interested in the NBA just because I love basketball. And I know that most NBA fans are interested in the competition of it. And I think the competition of it will suffer to some degree. We'll find out. The last thing I'll say is I think everybody has short memories. When LeBron went to Miami... A lot of people hated him at first. As soon as he won, it was like, oh, that was a good story. That was inspiring. And this is that. And I think by, you know, March of next year, if the Warriors are struggling and they're overcoming it, people will be like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder what's going to happen more than it's an inevitable thing. So, guys, thanks for having, for coming on. Had yeah, great course, you. Man, yeah. well, like we've had you. What's that? Were you going to say thanks for having you? We had you. Thanks no, for ha- no. I thought you were going <laughs> to say thanks for having me, and I was like, no, thanks, Adam. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, making it as awkward as possible. Always. Um, you guys follow all these guys on Twitter. Their their handles will be in the description. And join us. We'll actually have a lot of podcasts coming up this weekend with summer league. So look for those. Subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It loves me. It loves me not. Hey, Rebecca, what you doing? Oh, uh, I just wanted to see if my love for Dunkin's pumpkin iced coffee is um, mutual. It loves me. I'm so happy for you guys. Jealous? Fall in love with fall flavors at Dunkin' with any size $2 iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of our delicious flavors like maple, pecan, or pumpkin. America runs on Dunkin'. It loves me. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.